Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of the book of Ephesians. There are many essentials of the faith. In some areas of theology, there is room for differing viewpoints. There are some things the Bible hints about, but does not specifically and unequivocally prove one viewpoint as opposed to others. But most things are so clear in Scripture that no deviation can be tolerated. These are the truths we must contend for and be diligent to preserve. Among these truths outlined in this passage is that there is one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he explains these truths in today's slice of this week's message, entitled, The Theology of Unity, Part 1. The one body is talking about the church. Put a capital C on church. A local church is a part of the greater church or the universal church. There's only one true church. Everything else is a counterfeit. This is not to say there's only one true local church, but there is one true body of Christ, and we are part of that body if we are in Christ, the theme of all of Ephesians. Now, we saw this in some detail back in chapter 2. Remember, we took some time and we, and we traced it back how this all is one unbroken sequence of things in the transition from the Old Covenant to uh, the New Covenant, started with some astounding promises that Jesus made around the table before he went to the cross the next morning, uh, through the coming of the Holy Spirit, exactly as he had promised, through the initial salvation of thousands of Jews, starting in Acts chapter uh, 2, through the salvation of the first Samaritans, exactly as Jesus said it was going to be, through the salvation of the first Gentiles, exactly as Jesus said it was going to be, and then through the ministry of the Apostle Paul, when uh, he took. He was used by God to take the gospel to Gentile territories in, as a whole and to expand the church to now um, countless more, both Jews and Gentiles, but now the church is dominated by Gentiles. And this will be the case until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, as mentioned in Romans chapter 11. And then we move on to the next phase of the plan of God. Now, it was the the same gospel from its very first proclamation in Acts chapter 2 to Jews and Gentiles alike, and it's the same gospel today that produces the same results, one of which is people become part of the one church or one body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, Paul put it this way, for by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. It's the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace in one body. 
Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. So it is the work of the spirit that takes people, brings them into relationship with Christ, places them in Christ, and makes them part of this one body. Now, this thing that we know of as the church, it's not something you can pin down to one group of people in one place at one time. It is a vast spiritual organism spanning the entire world, and so far, almost 20 centuries. This one body is comprised of all believers from the day that the church began to be built until the moment of the rapture when God removes the church from the world. This is our unique identity designed by God. It's not something man-made. Our passage does not say to create the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It's preserve the unity of the Spirit. It's the Spirit that makes us one in Christ. We preserve that. Now, this book, Ephesians, is one of the uh, latter ones of the Apostle Paul, or about three more uh, after this. But in it, you have the summary, if you will, of the theology of the new covenant relationship in which we are one body. If you read the book of Hebrews, you have a history of the development of the theology of the transition from the old covenant to the new covenant. You read the book of Acts, you have the, the, the historical chronology of the transition from the old covenant to the new covenant. And there was this, this overlapping time. The, the temple was destroyed in A.D. 70. That put a bold exclamation point on the words of, of Jesus that Israel was going to be set aside. That stopped all of the temple worship uh, among the Jews. But the church got started well before that. And there's about a 40-year overlap there. And we're seeing now sort of the summary of what the situation is that we are now part of the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, which includes that we are one body. Now, anything that God does, Satan hates. Whatever Satan hates, Satan tries to corrupt. His most common way of corrupting is by counterfeiting. The other way he corrupts is simply by uh, open attacks. And this concept of one body has been attacked in many ways. Uh, Every time Satan unfolds a new cult, he's just making the claim, well, this is the true church, or there are so many different ones that who could ever, could ever pick it out? He counterfeits it. He also loves to try to fracture the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That's why we have to be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Um, Satan loves to introduce elements of division wherever he can. We know from Proverbs chapter 6, verse 19, that one of the things the Lord hates the most is one who spreads tri- strife among the brethren. So Satan loves to stir up those things. Anything anything he can think of to turn one believer against another. And then there are also uh, internal fractures within any given body of believers. Uh, They had to deal with uh, the huge one right at the beginning, Jew and Gentile. And rather dramatic things were done to to emphasize that that, uh, Jew and Gentile is no longer a distinction that matters at all. Everyone is saved by the very same 
uh, gospel, and we become one in Christ. In Christ, 27 times in Ephesians, that's another big theme that we see. But we tend to fracture things elsewise. Well, one of the worst ways it's been done is by skin color. Um, absolutely satanic to identify people by skin tone. I mean, well, you could say, you know, uh, uh, you know, she's a blonde, she's a brunette, he's light-skinned, she's dark-skinned, something like that. But, but to say that they're fundamentally different, absolutely a wrong thing to do. We do it by ethnic distinctions. I think there's one legitimate way that we can, in a very practical way, identify different subgroups within the body of Christ would be by language. There's just the simple pragmatics of uh, how to conduct a worship service. It's kind of awkward if you don't speak the language that the people you're speaking to understand. Been there, done that, always needed a translator. Okay? And, and if you're on the receiving end of that, how much more boring is it? I mean, suppose I was just up here making noise and you didn't understand a word. Now, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe somebody's that way. Um, just realize the body is one, and, and we don't want to make distinctions. One of Satan's most popular tools these days uh, is to make distinctions around personalities. If you want to know what God thinks of that, go read the first three or four chapters of 1 Corinthians. He hates it. Okay? We are one body. And we need to stand up and do all we can to head off anything that diminishes the reality of the fact that we are one body in Christ. Even if there are different parts of it that meet in different geographical locations, all believers in Jesus Christ are one body. Now let's look at the next one here. One spirit. We are to be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. Now here clearly he's talking about the Holy Spirit. It's the unity of what? The spirit in the bond of peace. It's a unity created by the work of the Holy Spirit. Now in a, in a physical sense, body and spirit are the essentials to life. A living, a living person has a body and a spirit. So the metaphor to explain our unity in Christ is, is perfect. The true church empowered by the Holy Spirit is a spiritual organism. To deny the reality and the working of the Holy Spirit is to suck the life out of the church. He's the one who brings us together in Christ. And like every other essential doctrine, this too can be attacked in many ways. Some people tacitly deny the reality of the Holy Spirit and they decide, well, we're going we're gonna to do church in a new, better, cooler way to attract more people. That's just denying the reality of what the church really is. And when we employ, employ worldly methods motivated by uh, fleshly motives to try to uh, draw crowds or to make people feel spiritual without being offended by something like the exclusivity of salvation in Christ alone, and there's no other name given among men whereby he must be saved, you're denying the work of the Spirit. We can't charm people into the one body. It has to be the work of the Holy Spirit. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.